Hi, I'm Ryan. I'm Helen, and welcome to Interseason Content for the Starting Equipment Podcast. Ryan and I are here today to talk to you a little bit about uh, short game mechanics. You might know these as one-page or few-page RPGs and the mechanics that power them. People might be familiar with something like Honey Heist. Right, so Honey Heist, you and your friends have been turned into bears, goblin punks, any game that has a very short, simple premise and is built around exploring that, such as your bear criminals, or you have been turned into bears and have to do odd jobs. Yes, bear or- bellhops or bear criminals, the whole spectrum of bear-related shenanigans. Yes, or your rebellious teenage goblin punks. Yes, I'm still working on a setting for that, by the way. It doesn't have a setting because it doesn't need a setting because it's a one-page RPG, but I'm doing my best. I know. All right. Um, (laughs) All right, Helen, so I think you have an idea about a one-page RPG. One or a few-page RPG. And so the sort of the purpose of this intermezzo is to to just kind of talk a little bit about the mechanics that power these one or few-page RPGs, because obviously the point of it being one or a few pages is there's not a whole lot under the hood. Right. Like that's the whole purpose. So if you start stacking on a bunch of stuff, then it rapidly stops being one or few page RPG. Right. But it should still have some kind of, well, it doesn't have to, but what I'm aiming for is some kind of mechanical element. So to provide a little bit of context, at one point we were joking around in the hunter group about our characters theoretically going on vacation. The joke spiraled into doing their best to not have to do hunter stuff while they're on vacation, which spiraled into the idea, this is not a work trip. Imagine the filler episode of Supernatural where they're trying to not fight any supernatural things. And I think that's along the vein you're thinking of. Yes, particularly with the supernatural things in question, doing their utmost to, to be fightable. Right. So the premise in this case, as as an example, is a group of very competent, very good vampire hunters who they've had a rough winter, a long winter, mm-hmm. long nights, cold nights, and spring is coming, and they're gonna ring in the vernal equinox by having just taken a taken a weekend away sure. to just have some some time for themselves. Honestly, unfortunately, this particular year the vernal equinox overlaps with spring break, and as we know from your standard urban fantasy fantasy setting, young college-age people are the potato chips of the urban horror genre. So you're, you're looking at some some vampire bros, some bra pyres. Bra pyres, fledglings, fangs, yeah. you know, any, any of the above. Off-brand blade extras. Right. Yes. Who, you know, just running around with just repeating the same overwrought metaphor about roses and thorns sure. every single person uh, they talk to. Solo cups full of blood. Exactly. Right. Well, the problem is, of course, if all of the college students are out in force, then even if the competent vampires heard that you would be in town and decided they were going to have a staycation, the local dross of the vampire community, they're out in force. Right. And it's everything that these hunters can do to not be dragged away from their vacation because they're just so obvious. It's so obvious. All right. So we have our theme. We have our theme. We have our themes. Um, You are supernatural hunters who are trying to relax, but there is still 
supernatural shenanigans afoot. And you wouldn't normally want to be involved, but you're going to end up being involved because right. that, this, right. that's what this game is about. Now, the key is in the type. This is not a work trip. So the characters are going to want to get involved and maybe try and defuse some of these more obvious situations, but there's no vampire hunting allowed. If you're going to defuse these situations, you have to look for ways to do it without drawing attention to yourself as a vampire hunter or really being an extraordinary qualified action hero in any way. Okay, so that sounds like we have some things to work with right there that we can start to bake into the mechanics. Exactly. Uh, you don't want to get too much attention. You don't want to get too much attention. Um, and so perhaps the risk is not, will you fail at doing the cool thing? The risk when you risk failure in, in the full fail forward kind of way is you will do the cool thing, but you will do it too well. Or we have attention. We mm -hmm. want to keep control of the attention that you're receiving in the situation. Right. Uh, you need to have some means to deal with the supernatural. Sure. And you're also on a work trip. So maybe that goes into it too. Maybe you no, have you're some... not on a work trip. That's, what, right. that's the thing. This right. is not a work trip. Right. This is a vacation. You're right. It's a vacation. So, you know, maybe there's some element because you don't want to deal with the supernatural. So maybe there is some part of it that, go, that balances with that. Like stress. You have a stress score mm -hmm. and you're trying to do things that lower your stress because you're on vacation. Probably what will happen, because as we know, if anyone has ever spent much time in the urban fantasy super monster hunter genre, you know that all of those people are criminals. Just absolutely, you know, even if they are, you know, only criminals really in the eyes of a law that is concerned with protecting property, they're still wanted in many states for crimes. Yeah, the, one of my favorite things from what I saw Supernatural was in the very beginning of the series, a cop pulls up their rap sheet like, oh my God, like, several counts of desecrating graves, wanted for like questioning and 23 murders so many counts of trespassing but yes if yeah. you manage to do your job you're probably being watched by the fbi right and so on one side potentially of the well before we get into into that probably what happens is on one side of your doing things is gaining human attention right for your crimes right and on the other side would probably be something like gaining supernatural attention as all of the vampires in the area suddenly realize, oh shit, there's an actual vampire hunter here. Maybe we should take care of them. So which suggests to me that if we're going to build mechanically off of this idea, and I think you know where I'm going with this, Ryan, mm -hmm. I think for the Ludo narrative, yeah. I'm going to propose a system. First of all, I think we should use a D12. Okay. I'm going to propose a zone system of success where rather than shooting for the highest number, we're shooting for solid average. Okay. So something where perhaps if you end up between a roll and some combination of modifiers okay and we can discuss where modifiers may come in what activities whether give you modifiers would, would allow you to give your teammates modifiers etc sure. that you can then use to change your role in one direction or another in order to get closer to average so six or seven on a d12 Sure. Because obviously if you roll too high, using the idea that we're failing forward because you're all supposed to be good at being vampire hunters. Sure. The problem is you're bad at being on vacation. Right. So when you fail, it's not that you failed at being vampire hunters, it's that you failed at being on 
location, right? which is going to drive up potentially either that mortal interest or that supernatural interest score, depending on perhaps which side of the scale you fail more into. Okay. So perhaps something like we can use the uh, full success, partial success, and complication. and complication, right? <laughs> right, that comes out in a lot of the forging the dark, powered by the apocalypse. Okay, so so like trying to put this down a little bit. Mm-hmm. So you're aiming for middle of the road. Yes, uh, middle of the road example, right? Let's say you go into the convenience store, you're gonna get a drink, a snack for the road, and you hear something in the back, and there's a vampire eating somebody. So you want to take care of the vampire. Yes. So you're rolling a d12, uh-huh. uh, and you're aiming for somewhere in the middle. Yes. Five or six. Uh, Six or seven. Six or seven. Statistically speaking. Six or seven. Right. And that means you take care of the the problem. The vampire is not there. Yeah. Neither the vampire community or the mortal community realize anything was up. And presumably you get your drink and your snack and you. Yes. Okay. So that's a full success. We'll call that like a yes and situation. Yes. Yes, You get what you want and maybe something else good happened. Sure. You did a good job. Okay. So let's see if you go higher, you do succeed, but you're leaving more esoteric or occult evidence behind Mm -hmm. and if you go too low you succeed but you're leaving you're just sloppy so you leave more mortal evidence behind yeah some people are more aware that like oh my god that guy just beat that guy up in an alley we we need to find him before he hurts anybody right and perhaps on the other side in this theory where the the vampire has cornered this person at a convenience store in the back behind you know when they were taking trash out or something perhaps on the more occult side you uh stumble out but your confused drunken patron looking for the door act isn't quite enough to cover that you are definitely holding up a silver cross and they're kind of and like they're recoiling from it yes and the, so the community or the convenience store worker definitely sees that and like the vampire is definitely aware of what happened so okay Okay, so really the ends of the scale are sloppy and weird. Yeah, I guess we could say that. Okay. Yeah, sloppy and weird, but definitely sloppy more in the in the course of my drunkenly looking for the bathroom act. I uh, just pulled the vampire off the convenience and just in the course of pushing them, just straight up bumped the, like shoulder checked them into a wooden pallet and they are staked now. Right. And like, and then the convenience store worker has no choice but to go inside and report a murder, apparently. Yes. yes. Or Terrible you know, accident. Well, there Terrible was an accident. assault and then there was a murder. It's very confusing. You should leave okay. regardless. All right. So we have our scale. Okay. One to 12. We have the two ends of it. Sure. The spectrum of, of success. Mm-hmm. In the style of most of the one few page RPGs that I read are Grant Howard games. So he frequently has, when you fill up one of these boxes, right. one thing, and they're usually opposed in some fashion, right. such as the bear versus criminal box. Right. Okay. So... So let's say there's an occult box and a and a mortal like mortal crime box. Right. Okay. Do you want them to be opposed? Well, opposed not necessarily because one is taking away from the other. Perhaps I feel like it's more tension for the characters if they're racing against both boxes. Sure. Okay. You know because and like it's not necessarily going away. It's just who figures out that something is wrong first. Right. And like when okay. the occult box fills up, the various vampires hunting in the area get their shit together it's like we should probably find those vampire hunters and make them leave right and when the other box fills
shows up, it's the FBI shows up. You know, the FBI shows up because what the hell is this? Right. So we have spectrum of success. We have some consequence tracks. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about bonuses. Sure. So it seems the easiest way to do this is I think you can have a variable bonus. So you have something like this is a plus one bonus. You can either add it or subtract it from your role, whichever you need to do. Right. And I think that you know helps you move a little bit more in one direction or the other. Or maybe you, know, you could have that and you could even have, if you wanted to make it a little extra, mm-hmm. you could have static bonuses. Like, well, this just adds plus two. Right. Which, you know, if that you're rolling low, it's real, it's good. If not, right. Right. What do you think? How do you think that should work? Well, so that's interesting, right? Because if it's going to be variable bonuses, then I would think you want to limit the access to those bonuses. Otherwise, things get easy, right? Because if we're looking at a tiered system of success and we're working with a D12, we're not working with one, two, three, four, five, and six, right? right? We're looking at six and seven in the middle and then three to five on the one side and eight to 10 on the other with the two numbers at each end of the spectrum. We want to make sure that the majority probably are going to fall in that middle section statistically, I would think. Okay. So, and if we have, if they're all variable bonuses and they're flowing like wine, then it's a bit easy. If they're less variable, then you could theoretically make them more common. And instead, the trick is I have to role play doing this specific thing in order to get this specific type of bonus so I can stack those to balance out what I've got. Sure. Uh, well, how about how about you have variable bonuses, but mm-hmm. they represent something like disposable equipment. Okay. Right. Yeah. You know, like because sure. this is not a work trip, but somehow I still pack these bottles of holy water and these ashwood steaks in my luggage. Yeah. And you know, you use them, and they're really nice because, like, you know, this is the stuff I actually need to do this and to do this well. But it, I use it up when I when I use it. Well, what you could do is you could have like a fixed you have you know an item or a couple items at Mm -hmm. character creation that you can just say i have these things when i use this fixed bonus and a one number two number bonus yeah. is, you know, really, it's a plus two variable bonus. You're always going to be able to get out of the danger zone. If you roll a one or a 12, you're always going to be able to get yourself out of the, you know, you fail if, in one way or and, if and into the partial if success. If it's a, a variable bonus. Then, if it's a variable plus two bonus. Right. Yes. So you can either add or subtract. You're always going to be able to get yourself yes. out of the danger zone. That's a powerful item. It, it is. will only save you potentially once. Right. So, you know, we could say that everybody gets one of those at the beginning and it will that will save you once from a more dramatic situation right, right. that may feed okay. into one of your one of your two tracks. Um, well, then I guess the the question is, how do you get more bonuses, and mm-hmm. do you have anything else that is part of your character that gives you a bonus? I would say probably you should be able to get bonuses by working with your team okay. and by role playing specifically role playing things. And this this may be you know where we start to wrap up because this is a very open ended kind of what should give a bonus in terms of role play for this sort of narrative you know i would say anything that forces you to work as a team anything that forces you to help your teammates and anytime you maybe anytime you have the option to do something to engage with the thing directly in some but instead you choose to do a more common sense thing and allow some other entity to solve your 
problem for you, mm. such as in a clever way, right? Sure. Like you could go into the back rooms or into the bathroom at the bar and get the vampire who is jumping people on the way, or you could hit the fire alarm. Okay. Well, so I have an idea. Okay. Trying to put all of this together. We're, and we're synthesizing. Synthesizing and working with the idea of like, this is kind of a comedy. This uh, is definitely, I if it had not been clear, this might right. Aim for this is this is a comedy of errors. Right. Okay. Okay. You have your spectrum of success one to twelve. You want to be in the middle. Yes. Uh, you have two condition tracks. Mm -hmm. You have mortal authority awareness and supernatural authority awareness. Yes. And you're trying to prevent those from going up. Uh huh. And you have some expendable bonus. I think I'm gonna go back when I said I think the expendable bonuses should be a set either positive or negative. And I think they should be that because this is the thing that you snuck with you on your vacation. Right. And, depending... and everyone in your cell independently oh, snuck something on their vacation. Absolutely. Yes. You know, while um, saying to themselves, no, there's definitely a perfectly yes, accessible, no, acceptable reason. Fine. And I think depending on whether it's something that's weird. Right. So, you, so if it's something like, yeah, I have these silver flasks of blessed holy water. Okay. That's going to be a positive bonus because that's yeah, more likely the that's supernatural. That's going to push you onto the supernatural right. side. But if you just have like, I have a gun. Okay. Well, that's still useful. But the cops are going to be more concerned if you mm -hmm. just go into the 7-Eleven and start shooting an alleged vampire in the background. So they're both I useful. Mean, even even something like I brought my walkie-talkie for team comms. Well, like, so no, this is a vacation. This is vacation. And the reason it's expendable in that case is because once the rest of your cell finds out you brought their comms equipment, even though you used them, they were like, what did we say? Yes. This is um, not a work. So I think that's a nice way to like, I have it and I know it's going to be a positive or negative sure. from the beginning. So, you know, I roll really high, like, I, I don't want to take that. I take out my gun and I shoot the vampire. Like, well, we have to get rid of the gun now because now you shot someone with it. But you, you push yourself out of the danger zone, hopefully. You're going to get a better success. Mm -hmm. I think teamwork should be a variable bonus because that's really what's important here, right? Yes. You're, you're hunters. You're on a joint vacation. Yeah, you're, cell, you're, you're going from some cell bonding. Type. Right. That's so so anytime you have the characters actually do something that seems like legitimately helpful or, you know, coordinating together or, you know, showing how professional they can be, I think you should get a variable bonus. So that I way, agree. neither way, either way you roll, it's still useful for you. Yes. Collaborating as a team. And honestly, it, again, in keeping with the theme, I know we're describing accidentally staking a vampire in the back and, you know, maybe using a gun, but perhaps more in keeping with the theme, the less violent way you have to deal with it. And this is up to you if you, you know, Every, you can figure out, I'm not going to stipulate how anyone should sure. do their vampires, but like you can figure out. My thought process is the characters are more annoyed by how obvious and how oblivious the two entities, in this case, the college kids on spring break and the, and the baby vampires finding their feet for the first sure. time. Um, so like it's more you're less hunting perhaps these vampires and more somehow I am unable to stop babysitting these children and I just just all of you just go be safe have a fun time separately right <laughs> stop biting that person I, I think the thing that would really all tie this together yes I think you should have stress trap as okay. well and the reason I for think the individual for, for each individual hunter okay um, I, the reason I think you should because you're supposed to be on a vacation right. so obviously you're stressed you need some time off. Yes. However, if you just let supernatural things go, that raises your stress. 
And every time you correctly deal with a supernatural It lowers your stress. So what you're really doing is each member of the party is trying to get their stress down before the collective party tracks of mortal authority awareness and supernatural authority awareness hit the ends and you guys have to flee the city. Right. Yes. (laughs) Um, Anything else that, you know, when the party finds out like, oh, you you brought your handgun with you on vacation, your stress goes up. But, you know, you take care of the problem or maybe maybe even if you exceptionally work together, you, you take care of the problem. There's no complications and you lower your stress. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's a that's a good balance of we each have our goals. Our goals are to relax. Yes. But we can't relax if we let those things no. in the darkness happen. But we have to not get caught on our vacation. That's, I think that's the, the right yeah. tugging in every direction. I think that works really well. That's how you end up with the hunter character who is doing karaoke at Applebee's and spots in the distance definitely a vampire trying to schmooze up to someone and they're singing the Ghostbusters theme and just you know walking up walking off stage over the vampires so that they can do you do you does Bustin make you feel good sir does Bustin make you feel good just until the vampire gets fed up and leaves sure Right. That's what we're going for. That's the tone of the game. Okay. I think that's actually doable. Um, I think perhaps we can wrap up there. Yes. Um, but yeah, thank you for sitting in with us as we just freewheel on nonsense for a few minutes. Uh, and uh, yeah. yeah, so that's go go play some of the games that we mentioned. We'll see if we can try and get links to the different games that we mentioned up in the description of this episode. I think we've mentioned them before in different episodes as well. But uh, uh, yeah, so thanks for sitting in with us. We'll have more uh, interseason content for you next week. And uh, yeah, have fun. Talk. See you later.